1: Hello and welcome to a new episode of I Can Do. I am Benjamin Lee. We are here with another fantastic guest, uh, Karis. It is nice to have you on the show. How are you doing?
0: Good, thanks. It's good to be here.
1: Well, it's great to be able to talk to you and really looking forward to learning more about you. We were just talking a little bit before we hit the record button and uh, I was sharing my story with you with respect to I Can Do and uh, and how this podcast really got started with my heart condition and defibrillator. Uh, you have a story that you've been sharing as well. I know you've been on a number of podcasts recently and you have a book uh, with respect to suffering, and we can talk more about that here shortly as well. Uh, I'd love to hear more about your story and your journey that has really gotten you to this point and. Uh, what motivated you to to write a book uh, about suffering and to um, to help other people?
0: Yeah, so funny thing about stories is you know it's like oh, you want the short version, the medium version, <laughs> 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 right? You to well, get all the snippets, elevator yeah. version. Um, well, give
1: us a, give us the snippets and let's see. Uh, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's get the, the story here.
0: The highlights um, and lowlights. So. <laughs> I grew up in a um, I was very blessed to have parents um, who love Jesus and are actually missionaries. So I grew up overseas uh, some and kind of went back and forth. Uh, so I have a foundation of of knowing the Lord and which like we were talking about before, too, is I'm I'm so thankful. I don't know where I would be today if not for that. Um, but, yeah, I had a. I had a very blessed family. Um, in high school, I had some years of rebelling, some kind of testing out the world. But my um, after my freshman year of college, I went to a Bible school in Costa Rica. And that's where I would say I really fell in love with Jesus. I really learned how to walk daily by the by the spirit, um, just really enjoying um, life with God and really provide the foundation um, even more so to finish off college. Um, I got married. It was actually on my, well, it was actually on my honeymoon that I started having a lot of different issues like um, health Mm -hmm. issues, started losing weight and um, found out a few months later that I had several different parasites that I had picked up Mm -hmm. when I was visiting my sister in Pakistan several months earlier. So my husband deployed, we were living in Alaska, um, and I started, you know, doing treatment to get rid of the parasites. So it ended up, I, I never really recovered from that. I never, um, was able to get, you know, gain the weight back. I was never able to really get back to eating or feeling well, and so it ended up turning into um, – I started having a lot of different organ problems because the parasites I had can can go into organs and do a lot of damage. So I um, – and I was also – we were also told about five years in our marriage that I wouldn't be able to have kids because I had – they found a tumor, tumor on my pituitary gland. So just very, you know, very hard start to – to our marriage. Um, my husband was deployed twice. Um, those were, I was back like in 2007. Um, so it was really shaken a lot, like just really, um, you know, I was 25. I was like in a body that felt like I was like 80 or something. I don't know. Um, just, uh, did not expect life to go this way. I'd been very athletic, played soccer, did track through college. And, um, so it was, it was just a shock. It was really a shock to me, but I kept thinking, Oh, I'll eventually get back to my old self. Like I can, I'm someone who (laughs) I'm, I think I naturally handle pain pretty well and can just kind of put on a smile and go through life. Um, uh, so I was just like, that's what I'll do. I'll just keep going. And, um, until I couldn't anymore. Um, and I, um, so sorry, I'm kind of all over the place, but we, it's okay. by by God, we were able to get pregnant and, um, and today we have four kids. Um, but throughout, throughout the years, it just continued to be one thing after the other, you know, I had problems with my pancreas and kidneys and, heart. So I was in all the hospital and sometime had to be on feeding tubes because my, I just had so much damage in my digestive tract that I couldn't, um, I couldn't eat food. I couldn't, I couldn't keep, keep anything down. And so, um, it was about six years ago now where I had a new, a new diagnosis. I started having, um, neuropathy in my hands, my legs, my feet to the point where I couldn't walk. And so I was admitted to the hospital. Um, they didn't know what was going on, which is kind of the story of my medical life. (laughs) Like what's going on now, you know, um, found out later that I had Lyme disease. Um, and
1: was that, can I interrupt one one second? The Lyme disease, was that going back to that parasite that you had from years ago, or was this something different from that as well?
0: I don't know. I don't think so. I they no. don't I don't know because it, it wasn't it wasn't clear. Lyme disease is so hard to it's so hard to diagnose and it's really hard to treat unless you catch it early, which I didn't catch it early enough. And so mm. by that point I just had a lot of and my immune system was just so down that I really was susceptible to a lot of things. And so from there, it was in that moment, it was in that time period where I was I was very I mean, throughout, you know, I'd really uh was depending on God and um had a strong relationship. But I think at that point it felt like how could things get any worse? And then they did. <laughs> and I, I was really in a, a point of, of despairing. Um despairing even of living, you know, feeling like at that point we had three kids. My husband was gone more than he was home with his job. And I, I was really struggling. Um, and, and at the time I, I thought, what am I going to write about? I don't, I, I feel, I felt so hopeless at that point. Um, but after a few weeks of kind of procrastinating, I did. And, um, I ended up starting a Facebook group called Suffering Well and then started writing some blogs and then <clears> at <throat> the beginning of last year I I felt like the Lord was calling me to put a lot of what I had been writing into a book and it was it was a hard process um partly because I had never expected to use a lot of that to share with other people it was more I felt like it was more for myself you know just processing a lot of the hard questions that I was dealing with daily and faith questions and questions about suffering and how do we, how do we keep living when life is too hard when it's so hard. And, um, but it was looking back, I just see what a blessing that was for me. I think it really helped me grow in faith and also really search the scriptures and, um, have to dig deep and, um, and so I, I ended up, um, publishing that book last fall, October of 2023. Um, uh, wait, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm sorry. 2022. And, um, so about a year ago and mm-hmm. since then, yeah, it's, so I'm, I'm still in a place where, um, life is challenging as far as like health related concerns. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like I, do, I have been a, a bit more stable the last couple of years, um, but my my heart really is just to um, yeah, just to take what God has has given me and continues to give me each day, um, and there's you know this world where we, like you said before, we all have the it's, you know, the things in our lives that are that are hard, you mm-hmm. know, whether it be mm-hmm. small or big or lots or little, it's we're we're living in a world where there's going to be suffering, and um like we were talking about earlier, again, it's it's how am I going to respond to this because we have choices. Mm-hmm every day. Right. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I'll stop there. Cause I, I said a lot.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's what the show is all about. I'm glad you, you shared your story and I appreciate that for the audience. We're recording this uh, on a Thursday and you know, this past week, um, you know, I preach full time and, um, we had a it's, a, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a great week. It's been a challenging week. One of the passages Caris, I've been focusing on quite a bit has been Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse number one. Uh, there is a time for everything under the sun, um, mm. a time for joy and a time for laughter, a time for weeping and a time for mourning, for birth and for death. And uh, and, and that's where the challenge comes in a lot, right? Where we have the weeping or the wars, as uh, Solomon spoke about there in Ecclesiastes chapter three. But uh, we had a family here. We do have a family here who are suffering tremendously. They adopted a child. <clears throat> and uh just long story short um mm. uh, they had to recently just give back the child um the uh, biological father came back into the picture and so it's just been um it's just been a very heavy week uh, after two and a half years you know with this young baby girl and so you know there's a lot of questions that that come up and i think that's something and i want to talk a little bit more about the idea of suffering well
0: mm
1: questions naturally arise when you think about the book of Job, um, by the time we get to chapter three, he's asking, why was he even born? Then in chapter 23, he's asking, okay, I want to have a conversation right now with God. Um, you know, we <laughs> need to, uh, we need to have this little, uh, you know, uh, back and forth. And then by the end of the book, he's saying, no, I, I, I really didn't understand what I was saying. And suffering has a way of doing that for us mm-hmm. of, it's almost like it's uh, it's cloudy or it's foggy, like you're trying to drive to work on a, on the highway and it's dense fog. Uh, you can't see behind you. You can barely see in front of you. And it's, it's challenging. And there's a lot of different emotions that come up. And what we had talked about, you just referenced it uh, a moment ago. Uh, I've mentioned this in some of my journals that everyone has an it um, in the sense of something You know in life that just you know it's like a gut punch right where it's just like well no this isn't supposed to be happening you were mentioning your honeymoon and my wife and i when we went on our honeymoon you know she found a lump in her breast you know that week Mm -hmm. and we're like oh no like what is this and so that's not supposed to be part of the script you know when we think about Mm -hmm. when we get married and the beautiful wedding and the white dress and this you know, you know, flying off to somewhere nice. And you're like, well, no, that's not, that's not how it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And yet that, that, that's often how life is. And so um, suffering has an impact. And it's, it's a question that never really goes away. Um, but um, I appreciate you sharing that. I was curious when you were losing weight going back to after you got married, like how much weight did you lose? Um, and uh, like, how low did it get for you?
0: Hmm. Yeah. So I I think I lost like 25 to 30 pounds and I was already, I'm already, I was already kind of on the thinner side just naturally. And so it was, I mean, it got to the point where it was, it was quite dangerous a few times and it started affecting my heart. So I, I was malnourished to the point where my heart was starting to shut down. I, my my heart weight was in the thirties
1: wow. a few different
0: times. And then I had to be admitted and, you know, do the intravenous feeding. Um, and it's just, it's continued to be a challenge over the last 18 years now, um, is just trying to get my body to receive the, the nutrients I try to give it. Um, and just having to be very careful about what I eat and, um, uh, all of that stuff. So, yeah.
1: so how does one suffer well? Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I think there's a lot of different ways it could be done. Um as I shared in the beginning, I I thought the best way was to just um do it myself. To mm. I think part of it I was I didn't want to come across as complaining. I knew from living overseas there's people that had it a lot worse than me. Um there's probably also some pride thinking, you know, I can I can handle this myself. Um I don't know. I don't know all the reasons, but I know that for many years I kept it inside and I did not reach out for help and I did not share how hard things really were even with my husband because you know he was he was in Iraq for 18 months shortly after we got married and so I was like I'm not going to he was in a very dangerous place and I I didn't want to add to his already hard, you know, <laughs> hard life and so just things like that, you know, where I just um, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with it, but I didn't. And I, I would, I would pray about it. But even then I think my prayers were, were guarded in that I didn't, I, I think I was afraid to dishonor God. I was afraid to be very real with him. Cause I didn't, um, I didn't know how to do that. Well, I didn't know. Uh, and so I, it was the psalms actually were a, a huge part of me learning how to how to really pour out my heart to god how to really um express the depth of emotion um but also declare um god's goodness and his praise and his worth and all that you know because it's just such a mixture of <laughs> raw emotion there um and so I think there was a time and when things got so bad to the point where I was like, I really cannot handle this anymore um, is when I think I, I started learning more. Okay. So what I, what I thought was suffering well um, is maybe not, that's not all to it. You know, I, I, I need to learn how to do this in a way that, yes, I want to glorify God and I want to, I don't want to be, you know, like in a pity party and woe is me and all that. But I also need to invite other people in and um do this in community. I can't do this alone. And so th- that was a process of um I actually remember there was a time when my sister one of my sisters asked me, like, Caris, have you have you lamented about your illness? Have you lamented about losing your health? And and I, I just thought it was a strange question. I was like, why would I lament like that? Or grieve or something, you know, about Um, But it it does, there is, there is a, there was a point where I, I had to start recognizing, wow, yeah, I have lost a lot through um, these illnesses. And I continue to and, um, and not that we should stay there, but it needs to be addressed and it needs to come out. And so um, that was a process of and continues to be, you know, I'm I'm not saying I'm there. I just, um, I'm more aware of it now. And Mm -hmm. I think just allowing myself the freedom to do that. Um, and so, and I think too, like when I started realizing, like being more vulnerable and open myself up to others, there was, there was so much more, um, communion and fellowship that could take place where I, um, I could receive, like I, I had to learn how to depend upon others. And then also realizing that it was a gift that I, I started just having so much compassion for other people who were struggling with things, um, and really felt immediately, um, just a desire to, to, to love them, to, to, to ask them like, you know, how can I help? How can I be there? And, and just, um, There's, there's so much when someone feels like uh, you can understand in some way, even if it's not like the same problem, there's so much compassion. There's so much um, freedom that can come in those relationships. And uh, I just, I began to see that. Um, I think another thing about this is learning dependence upon God. For me, I um, I didn't realize how much I like to feel in control. And then mm-hmm. when I did, you know, and I couldn't be in control anymore of things and just depending completely upon God and really taking his promises to heart, realizing that there's so many promises in, in God's word that we, that we should be living by. Um, and sometimes we don't feel like we need those because we're like, oh, life is going okay. but. um, Starting to learn to really, really take those promises and live, live them, like standing on those promises. And this is, this is, even though I'm not experiencing this fully in my life right now, this is the truth and this is what is to come. Um, And just learning how to really take cover and take protection and refuge in God um, is, is just something that I don't, I don't know if you can. I don't know there's only certain things I think that we can really uh, there's certain aspect I guess I say of 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 Christ of Jesus that we can only know um, when we continue to follow him when life is really hard right so because when God does great things for us, blesses us, um, it's easy to to thank him it's easy to say, Oh God, you have done so much, and of course, yes, I know we all have blessings but But when life, when we don't get the answers to prayer and things continue to be hard, when we continue to follow him and have that fellowship, um, there's such a a sweetness to it um, that I, um, you know, that is something that I I can look back now and say, um, yeah, I I won't take that for granted. Um, So that's, I don't know. Those are some of my thoughts about learning to suffer well.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. There's a lot to unpack there. So some of the things just kind of recapping, you know, suffering well is going to entail that number one, we acknowledge we need help. Um and that also means that we have to reach out for help, which is a very challenging thing to do as well. Mm-hmm. And I think what you shared with us is what many of us struggle with as well. Um, we like to have that sense of control of I, I have it all figured out. I have it under control. I'm good to go. Um, but we all need help. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's okay. Um, I like what you said about um, suffering well is going to entail um, really leaning upon the promises of God. Uh, let me do a follow up here in just a moment with that as well. Um, suffering well is lamenting. As well, and I, I thought about Deuteronomy chapter thirty-four. After Moses died, the the nation of Israel mourned for mm-hmm. thirty days. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then in Joshua chapter one, God uh, calls Joshua, and the people still have to move forward. So there's this lamenting, but there's also of uh, we still have to keep moving forward to mm-hmm. to where we're where, to where we're going, uh, and that's in a very that's a very important thing as well. So uh, acknowledging, reaching out for help, standing on the promises of God, lamenting, um, and learning, I guess, how to do that, as you were saying from the book of Psalms, uh, which I think is great, too, where you see men like David and others, you know, who are crying out or whose feet almost have slipped until they go back to the house of the Lord and realize Mm -hmm. that, no, everything's going to be okay. Um, Karis, let me ask you, and, and if you don't have any immediately that come to mind, that's fine. When you think about some of the promises of God that have helped you um were there any particular promises um that that helped you more or some that maybe you've meditated upon more or have memorized or really share with others? It's mm-hmm. a great question
0: um, so one of the ones is from psalm eighty four eleven which says God withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly and That's just something that, you know, because I think for me, I'm like, wouldn't healing be the best thing, God? Like that seems like it would be the best thing for me. And so, and we, I've, you know, I've been prayed for so many times and I believe God heals and I've seen him heal. And yet for some reason, God is, is not bringing the healing right now. And I have to believe because his word says that he's not withholding anything good from, from me. And, um, so that's, that's one, I think, um, of course, uh, Hebrews 13, five it says, God will never leave us or forsake us. Um, cause there have been nights where, so I, one of the conditions that I have is where <clears throat> at night when I, when I'm just laying still sleeping, I, um, different parts of my body will, this sounds kind of weird, but it will, will like fall asleep completely to the point where I can't feel anything. And so I wake up And it is the most frightening thing because I can't, I can't feel anything. And so it'll take a while and then I'll have a lot of nerve pain for the next following days, but I would just feel so forsaken by God. I'm like, God, I, I can't, I was afraid to go to sleep. I'm like, I don't. Um, so in those moments I'd have to remind myself, no, God has not forsaken me. He is, he is with me. And, um, and it was those times during the night often where I would, I mean, I had to memorize so much scripture because it's scripture is usually, you know, we need it when we don't have it, right? And so <laughs> that's why <laughs> memorizing is so good.
1: Um, so
0: that's another one. Um, and then yeah, Jesus Jesus' words that in this world we're gonna have trouble, but take heart, because Jesus has yeah. already overcome the world and just knowing you know Jesus Jesus saying that like this world is not going to be easy. I mean there's so many scriptures. It's just so interesting because a lot of people I think especially a lot of Christians that I've known is like, oh, my life should be easy because I'm following God and I'm doing the right things and well, no, there's no promise to that. Um and but but we have a hope. We have a living hope and mm-hmm. that is how we are able to cuz Jesus has already overcome even though the world is, is not fully in submission to, to God yet. Mm -hmm. But, um,
1: yeah, well, and I think it's interesting. Nah, those are great. Psalm 84 verse 11. And I think the, um, the other passage you were quoting, um, John 16 about, um, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: what we're going to endure. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching right now from first John. So very similar to the gospel of John and, 1 John chapter 5 talks about that, the the victory that we have uh, through fr- through Jesus, and then Hebrews 13 and verse number 5. You know, it's interesting too, Karis, where, you know, when someone studies the book of Acts, and uh, I, I'm sure I have listeners who um, uh, may not be Christians. I've had people on the show who are not um, uh, believers in, in Jesus, uh, as far as I know. Uh, maybe they are. But, um, you know, when one studies the book of Acts, um, one of the characteristics of the Lord's church is suffering, mm-hmm. suffering from without uh, and suffering even from within or troubles or problems. And I think that's maybe one of the biggest misconceptions, you know, of Christianity where Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you know, our master, he suffered. And mm-hmm. second Timothy that chapter three says that we will, the godly will suffer persecution so that's actually that's a promise that's actually hard to really understand and to, to to realize that there will be be these moments of um of suffering so I think that's something important for us and yet at the same time we all understand um that uh, yeah there are certain things we would not like to go through because it is it is challenging um and it does um it does force us to you know understand some some more things one of the things careers i started studying last year a lot more was with respect to worry um i had a talk at a uh, college earlier this year and i was really worried about that nothing was on the line really uh, my job was not on the line it wasn't even something i had to do um and uh i think it was more egotistical worry um and i guess maybe sometimes there's different kinds of worry um how have you managed worry or anxiety and Mm. as you think about that there's definitely reason to be concerned we know that examples of like Paul he was concerned for the brethren and things like that Mm -hmm. and yet there can be a point where we go so far where worry where it begins to consume us and can even cause us to be you know to make poor decisions that can lead to sin and things like that how have you handled anxiety and worry i know one of them i'm sure it will be you know going back to those promises and and memorizing scripture and things like that but um what what thoughts do you have concerning that uh with your yeah. journey so far
0: yeah i i think um fear has has had a stronghold on me um at different times in my life even when i was a child i remember having a lot of fear. And it's something that I've really had to, is like, you know, the, um, I don't know the ground behind worry. I think there is fear. (laughs) So that's why I say that. Cause I think it's something that, um, I've really had to face specifically about disease and death and dying and all that. Um, because there's been times where it, it's just felt so consuming in my life and my body, Um, and so having to kind of face those, those fears, the the worries or whatever you want to call it, um, head on, I think is, um, it's a blessing because once you, you know, it becomes less, um, daunting, it becomes, uh, when we have to face our fears or our concerns, our worries, um, they don't have as much control over us. At least that's what I, that's been my experience over the years. Um, one of the things that has really been hard for me, a, a big worry I think that I've had is how is my, um, illness and my struggle with my health going to affect my kids? Um, because it has, and they are very sensitive to, you know, is mommy sick? Is she going to have to go to the hospital? Like what's happening, you know, is what's going on. And, um, they're so sweet. They, um, you know, they're, they're very, they're very in tune. I I think partly just because they are raised, um, in a home where things are, have been hard over the years in different ways, but, um, that has been at times very consuming is thinking, you know, how, how is this going to affect them? Or is it going to, um, Cause they pray every night we pray together as a family. They pray every night that God would heal me. And I just think like, at what point are they going to start? Like, are their hearts going to be hardened because God is, is not healing me, you know, just things like that. And I, and it's something that, um, I think God has, he's really shown me the like opposite side of, of my worry is that he is he is making them very compassionate people. He's giving them opportunities to to love and to and to struggle with hard things that we're all gonna have to deal with in life, you know. But um when it's when it's something that is on a daily basis and um I just I see how God is using it for good, I guess That's what I'm trying to say. So I think, you know, I can worry. Yes, I can worry all these things, like, oh, how is this gonna be bad for them when I can't be there for them when I've wanted to? We know there's been times where I've had to be in the hospital, and I can't be with my kids. And I think, how is this going to negatively affect them? You know, but but then I also see how it's helping them grow, and how God has been so faithful to provide people to be there. And um, so, actually, I was just talking to <laughs> to worry with my kids the other day because um, one of them was concerned that we were going to be late, and my son was like, "Worrying doesn't." Doesn't do anything good, Esther. He's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you might, as well, you might as well just start like thanking God for something because worry is just going to take up um, all of your energy and it's not going to be good. And so <laughs> we ended up talking about how um, there was a study uh, done several years ago about um, anxiety and worry and how gratitude, it was actually a gratitude study, but um, how gratitude and worry cannot exist in the mind together. And so Mm, um, mm. we talked about this as a family a few years ago. And so we've really been like, on the gratitude kick, because we (laughs) 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 I think that's so cool that God created our brains to Mm -hmm. not be able to coexist, like worry (laughs) and gratitude. So we can be thankful. And we can and we can tell what we're thankful for. And then the worry has to leave. Like, that's just how it is. And so um, that's just something that we we do together as a family.
1: Um, let me ask, how do you do it together? Is it just, uh, in the living room talking about, okay, what are you thankful today for? Is it, uh, in the kitchen while you guys are cooking, uh, or, you know, something more like a journal or anything like that? How does that work?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes we'll do journaling. Um, so a lot of times we'll just talk about it at dinner. To, we usually have dinner together as a family at night and we'll just share a couple things that we're, thankful for that day. Or if, if there's a moment, um, when we're talking about, like we were in the car the other day, when we were struggling some with worry, then we'll just, you know, do it on the moment. But, um, yeah. it really is a, it really is a great thing.
1: The car conversations are always great too. Yeah. We, we've had are. a lot of great car, you know, conversations coming home from Bible class or traveling or going somewhere, uh, for sure. I really like that. Um, how worry and gratitude can't exist in the mind at the same time. I think that's something really important. We have to make a choice and, uh, -hmm. you know, every day we get to make a choice. And what I'm also hearing, Karis, are the, the blessings that can come from suffering, Mm -hmm. um, compassion towards other people, allowing other people to be a blessing to you or to me or to whoever, right? It's more blessed to give than to receive. And we also allow people to do that. Um, It can also help us to focus more on our gratitude uh, and what God has actually done for us. So, you know, suffering, a lot of people say that they never want to suffer, but it's always going to be a part of life. And so how we shift or focus our mind, you know, becomes really important with in the middle of the suffering. You know, this is still how we can give glory to God. Uh, this is still something that we can uh, receive that will be good just on that day-to-day basis. So, uh, thank you for sharing that. You know, I took my son. <coughs> excuse me, took my son to the courthouse with this hearing that we had here recently for this particular family, and um, we couldn't go into the actual courtroom since he's a child. But um, you know, one of the things that I told him was. Um, you know, mommy and daddy try to, you know, we shield, shield you from s- certain things. Uh, he's 12 now. Uh, but there will be things that, that you're going to see and experience. And something like suffering, this is something that you're mm-hmm. going to see and experience, whether it's me and my heart condition or my wife or some of her health conditions as well. And I do think there is something important for us, as you were talking about, even with our children. I know we want to protect them. And and I grew up without a father in the house. And so I was like the man of the house. And I can look back and see, I know you're a counselor, so you may be able to see some things through this as well. You know, I was able to see. you know what, there were sometimes, I, I think I knew way too much. And sometimes kids don't need to know every single detail, right? Or every mm-hmm. single thing. But Kids are smart and and we can't hide certain things from them. And so I appreciate, you know, it's impossible to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, To some degree, you know, but uh, we only have one. If you have four, that's really challenging to do, but, but it is something good. And I like what you said about, you know, will will this potentially harden their hearts? And I've been thinking more about this as well. Um, And I think about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in in the book Mm. of Daniel. And they they knew God can deliver us from this fiery furnace, but he may not deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to remain with him. Mm-hmm. And I wish I knew how old they were when they said this. <laughs> they were young. I wish I knew how old they were when they said that. But that's such a great thought for us. We know he can do anything. But if not, they said, "Well, look, we're not going to bow down to this this golden statue." And so mm-hmm. I think that's something important as we think about suffering, and love to hear your thoughts as well. And I think about the Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians twelve. You know, he's got this thorn in the flesh. What is it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. But he he, he prayed, "Remove it, remove it, remove mm-hmm. it." And Jesus said, "My grace." is sufficient for you. Mm -hmm. So he got an answer to his prayer Mm -hmm. and the way that even Paul responded, I think is such a great example for us in the middle of suffering where the Lord heard his prayer and he responded to his prayer. And he said, you know, you're going to have to rely upon my grace and my strength.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that story of, of, um, Shadrach, Meshach, to Abednego because I think their response for me, I struggled so much with like this pendulum kind of of like, okay, do I surrender like to to this is God's will, or do I keep having faith for healing, or how do I you know how do i who do how do I do both And I just think their story and their response is like so great because like you said, they're saying, yes, God can, and they say he will. But, it, but if he doesn't, you know, then doesn't matter, you know, so just that humility to, to say, um, we don't know, but we're still going to have faith that God is going to do what we're asking, you know, what, what is going to be best for us and, and to glorify God no matter what. And so I just, I think, you know, whatever our situation, the difficult situation that we have in our lives, I think. Like Jesus told us to pray that things would be on earth as they are in heaven. So I'm going to keep praying for healing or for deliverance or for, you know, whatever good relationships or restoration of, but, but I mean, unless, unless God clearly tells like, it seems like he told Paul, like, okay, and my grace is sufficient, you know, unless he tells us to stop praying. My, my thought is, well, let's just keep praying. (laughs) for things to be on earth as they are in heaven um until the day I die like I'm just going to keep praying that God is going to do do what what is best and but then also to have that fully surrendered heart to say yes God this is this is what I desire but ultimately I don't understand like our our minds cannot comprehend the grand scheme and the plan and the perspective that he has that he's working out um and like Romans, you know, 828, everyone, everyone likes to, to quote, you know, that God works all things together for good. But the second, this, the next verse says is because he's conforming us to be like Jesus. Right. So that's not, that's a lot of
1: sanctification. (laughs) That's not
0: an easy process. That's like, um, it's going to be a lot of hard, hard knocks, you know, for us to, to become sanctified, to become like Jesus. And so that's, there's, you know, it's, there's a lot that, that we don't see that's, that's going on beyond, um, what we can see, you know, that God is working out. And so that, yeah, just that humility and ability to trust God when we don't understand, I think is, well, that's faith, right? That's, that's where faith comes in. But I think (laughs) that's where God, God is pleased with us when we can let that go and not have to try to understand everything.
1: Yeah. I like, I like what you just said there too. Um, We don't have to try to understand everything. And um, thank you for sharing that because that helps me out with some things as well. Uh, In fact, God tells us you're not going to be able to understand everything. I mean, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the book of Job. He never, Job never got the full details. We did. (laughs) But Job never got the full details or Joseph you know, it wasn't yeah. until yep. over a decade later that he's like, Oh, okay. I see what God was doing. And so maybe there's something here too, Gary. She got me thinking about a few things with worry that, no, this is just going to be another element of worry. And I know it's a human response of why mm-hmm. tell me why this is happening and mm-hmm. in certain cases that happens, but more often or not, you know, no, we don't always know that, and so maybe that's just another opportunity for us to say, "I don't know," and and I'm going to trust in you anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And even with the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it wasn't in it wasn't until they actually were in the fire that they were delivered. It, it wasn't yeah. before. It wasn't <laughs> during the conversation or the speech, and that's exactly where we want the deliverance to come from. Yeah. Okay, before I get this blood work back, come on, you know, help me out here, do something. Mm-hmm. And so that is something I've been thinking about well, uh, as well, too, that, you know, God is a God of last hours, you know, with, um, mm-hmm. you know, Hezekiah delivering them from Assyria, you know, the last moment, or Jehoshaphat, Lord, we don't know what to do. We have, we're powerless. And so um, there's just so much to think about. And it is hard. It's easier said than done on a podcast recording. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're waking up every morning and you can't feel certain parts of your body, um, that's scary and that's, Mm -hmm. that's challenging. And, um, and everyone's suffering is certainly unique, you know, to themselves, Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse me. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that so much. Um, talk a little bit about your book and what can people expect uh, when they purchase your book? Suffering Redeemed, if I have that correctly, mm-hmm. from uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, I, as I said, I wrote it a lot um, during times where I was just really wrestling with a lot of questions, you know, like why me? Why does, why does God allow so much pain? You know, where do I turn when, when everything else fails? And, and what does it look like to suffer well? How do I? does God really redeem suffering? Does, what is this all going to be worth it? You know, just a lot of things that I was really struggling with. Um, and I, I think, you know, my struggle is mostly related to health, but it's, it's really a very broad, I mean, whatever you're going through, it can be very applicable. I, I, there's a lot of scripture in there because that's where I turn. So if you're not, (laughs) if you don't want scripture, then probably don't buy the book. Um, but I, I use a lot of scripture and I talk, talk, um, about intimacy with God. How do we grow in our intimacy with God and in our affliction? How do we live in this, you know, in between the already not yet of God's kingdom? How do we, um, fully expect God to work in faith, but also live in surrender, Um, you know, what are are the purposes in our pain? What are the unexpected gifts that we get sometimes when our, when suffering comes? And, and then also at the end, I, some, I touched some on like, how do we, how do we help other people who are suffering? How do we walk alongside, um, someone else and what does that look like? So there's a, there's a broad range of topics, but it's all related to, um, suffering in some way.
1: Yeah, can you share how? And you don't have to share every single detail from the book, but what are two or three thoughts or recommendations of um, walking along someone who is suffering? So mm-hmm. you have Job's friends, you know, where mm-hmm. they sat with him for a week, and then everything turned into a big mess. <laughs> day eight, yeah. Uh, yeah. or after Job started talking, and then they decided to um, to give him all the answers. Um, what are a couple of thoughts about how to walk along with someone who is suffering? If you can share that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually do talk some about Job's friends because I say in the beginning they did <laughs> they did pretty well. They <laughs> that's I mean, <laughs> the first seven days if they stopped at that, it would have been better. But um I do think one of the things, kind of in contrast of what is not helpful, is um when what i've experienced is when when people see someone in suffering i think their first reaction is to want to get them out of of that suffering and to try to help you know which is a, which is great i think that's just a compassionate response and um but what i've experienced a lot is you know people offering um suggestions or without without having information right so they'll be like well have you tried this or Maybe you don't have enough faith or have you confessed all the sin in your life or have you tried this supplement? You know, um, just kind of jumping to to answers to try to help me, um, which I I see now as just trying to be loving. But I think a huge, a huge first step in, in trying to help someone is trying to understand where they're at, even just trying to ask questions if they're willing, you know, to to try to understand their situation. I mean, you could even even do internet searches on if you know what someone has or something they're struggling with, you know, learn about it, like, try to try to understand what they're walking, try to be in their shoes. um, And just be with them. Because um, I think another thing that happens when someone is uncomfortable, when someone else is sharing about their struggle is they can just shut down or um, you know, not know what to do. And then that person feels more isolated because they're like, oh, nobody wants to be around me. I'm, you know, I'm just a bag of problems or whatever. Um, and so just, just being with that person and trying to, trying to, you know, just, um, show them that, that they're not alone, I think is like speaks volumes. Um, And then another thing I think is just to very practically ask how you can help. You know, it's sometimes I know it's like (laughs) when somebody, when something's wrong, like just throw food at them, like that'll help, you know, (laughs) and sometimes that might help,
1: (laughs) but another casserole
0: honestly might not be what they need. So, um, you know, maybe sometimes it's just, just asking, like, how, how can I walk with you through this? What what can I do? I want to be available. And, um, I know it seems kind of like obvious, but that some, but that's, that doesn't always happen. And I think that that is just a huge, we're all individual and we all, um, walk through things differently. And so you don't know what might be really helpful to one person might not be to another. Um, so just ask.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. What about in, with respect to marriage? Um, if I can ask, um, if you're willing to share, so, you know, your husband has been alongside with you, um, mm-hmm. from the very beginning. And, um, I know seeing my wife, you know, suffering with different, um, physical conditions and things like that is really challenging. I think men typically, as you just said, okay, how how do we fix this? How do we resolve it? What's our action plan? You know he's in the military, so I know I' you know okay here are the steps that we're gonna do to uh you know to push through this uh, but then it doesn't happen um what what things have you two done and I know you have a master's in counseling like i mean have you mm-hmm. have you guys uh, received counseling uh what are you two doing to to walk through this together if I could ask
0: mm-hmm. yeah um so from the beginning of our marriage we we pray very regularly together we try to pray every day together um and sometimes longer periods but i will i will honestly say um both of us seeking god and coming together and have and having um that as a foundation has i mean yeah, it, it has been really hard on our marriage. Any any type type of situation like this that's ongoing, I think, can, can put a lot of strain on a marriage. So um, that has been the foundation that has kept us grounded and um, focused, you know, coming back to the Lord together. Um, because oftentimes, yeah, if, uh, we're like, we don't know what to do. Well, we're going to pray about this then, you know. And <clears throat> so that's been one thing. I think another thing is having um, like mentor couples throughout. So we've moved 12 times in 18 years um, of marriage. And so it's, it's not been easy, but we always try to seek out um, like a, a couple who is more experienced that we can be coming to. And, and when we've had times of struggle in our marriage or have questions or come to a point where we can't, Um, you know, figure it out, we can go to them and we can ask and we can receive and learn. Um, And it's, it has been such a huge blessing. Um, Something else we do every day is something called couch time, which, Hmm. you know, with four kids, we don't have a lot of time to, to talk, but we, we try to every, every day he gets home from work to spend at least like 10 minutes on the couch, just, um, or in chairs or something, just talking, you know, trying to catch (laughs) up, trying to connect, you know, um, Mm -hmm. for a little bit. And that, that has been a huge blessing too. just, to just to know that we'll have a few minutes to look at each other and, you know, just connect for the day. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. One last question, a curious question, going back to memorizing scripture, Uh, What's your process for memorizing scripture? Is it just reading it um, consistently, uh, listening to it maybe on an app like, uh, you know, the Mm -hmm. Bible app or something like that? For me, in years past, it's been uh, writing scriptures out on a note card. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm curious for you, what's been your way of uh, hiding God's word in your heart? Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, all of the above. I think at different seasons, I've had different when I was younger, um, and I could memorize chapters and books quite easily. Like I even memorized the book of Philippians and then I, you know, wow. so I would, <laughs> I would just, I would memorize full and I, I really enjoy memorizing chapters because it gives the full context. And then I can just, but, um, so now more, I'm just reviewing a lot of the things I've memorized over the years, but I actually made like a, um, a voice recording of all the scripture that I've memorized, not all of it, but a lot of it. And then oftentimes if I go for a walk or something, I'll just listen to all of my memorized scripture just to keep it fresh. Um, but I also do note cards. I put them up for new, new scripture that I'm memorizing in places that I am regular. Um, we also do some scripture memories of family and quote that when we're in the car riding together, um, things like that. So, it's yeah, it's just kind of it it all it is is repetitive, right we're if we listen to something long enough or read it long enough we're we're gonna memorize it, you know that for right. movies that's or whatever, right. so <laughs> it's not too hard, it's just getting it in right,
1: yeah, yeah, oh, that's awesome um thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find you uh number one um share with mm-hmm. us uh your website, and then number two. Uh, Second question after that is what's next for Hmm. Karis? You have your book, you, um, I've seen you on social media. This is our first time talking. So, um, getting to see you, I see you on a lot of different podcasts and things like that. What's next. So first where can people find you? And then I'm curious, uh, what's, uh, what's coming, uh, around the horizon for you.
0: Yeah. So my website is karismeyer.com. My first and last name. um, and you can, my blog and book is on there. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram is Karis off Karis Meyer author. Um, and then the book is on Amazon also it's, there's uh paperback and Kindle. Um, as far as what's next, I, well, I am in the process of potentially another, well, two, two other books that I'm We'll see. I don't know what it's going to turn into, but there's more <laughs> writing. <laughs> there's more Good. writing to be done. So um, it's interesting. I'm not like a sit down and just write person. I It's kind of like when I feel inspired, then I'll write, um, but it's very sporadic. So that's why it's kind of like, we'll see what happens. Um, and then I I don't know. We're kind of at a point where my husband might, might retire, so he might retire from the military. He's almost in for 20 years now this spring. And so we're kind of at a decision or we have to make some decisions here coming up soon about that. So that'll determine whether I um start because my, my youngest one is almost in school. Well, he's three, but, um, and then I'll probably do some more counseling. Um, and I don't know, honestly, it's, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see,
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Karis, and um, a lot of great um, words of wisdom that I think will help people that I know will help people and certainly will help me as well. And um, for those who are listening, thank you so much for listening. Take care and God bless.